Hello and welcome back to another episode of the It's a Crime O'Clock Somewhere podcast. This is episode 127. I do apologize for taking a few weeks off. One week I had a busy work schedule and the other week my mom came to visit. But anyway, today I'm back with an episode that took place in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Small town rumors spread when a woman disappears. My sources for today's episode are an episode of Devil in Suburbia, Season 1, Episode 2, titled The Old Fashioned Way, nwfdailynews.com, and myheraldreview.com. As usual, all of my sources will be linked in today's show notes. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. An old truck, it's got the little panic button on it. You can push it, and that panic button is not for someone attacking you. No, the panic button is, I can't find my car. And so I start walking up and down, following the honk. Now, if you see me at Walmart, just smile and wave and say, that's our pastor. You got 11 because the Bible says so. Yeah, it's kind of weird to drive by, you know, it's just kind of force a habit just to look and go, oh, there's Calvary Chaplain. So that's where the building is, and it used to have the sign right here. It brings up some bittersweet emotions. You know, we had good memories here, and uh, there were a lot of great people at this church, and they really uh, worked hard to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Today's case takes place in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. James Flanders was the pastor of a church called Calverly Emerald Coast Church. The church was not traditional as it was run out of an old grocery store. Many people were drawn to James. They said he was more of a teacher and their connection to God. James was married to his wife, Tanya. Together they sang while James played the guitar. And they had a friend named Marie Carlson. Many people remember Marie when she first came to the church She was described as cute as a button, and they said she was always smiling. Marie had grown up in the Philippines, and she and her family came to the U.S. due to a volcano interrupting. After coming to the U.S., Marie lost touch with her family for a while due to some issues she was having with her bipolar disorder. Marie returned to Fort Walton Beach in 2008 after a divorce. Marie was brought to the church after having some issues with her bipolar disorder, and it seemed to save her. Marie was so impressed that she even showed one of James's sermons to her sister. Marie found her support system in James and Tanya and decided to live with them. James told his congregation one day that they wanted to have a baby and Marie was their surrogate, and the congregation was pretty stunned by this. On July 14, 2011, Marie gave birth to a baby girl named Grace Rain Flanders. A few months after giving birth, Marie visited her friends and they could tell that she was nervous. They described her as having hives all over her body. On October 19, 2011, Marie sent a mass text message. It said, quote, Yesterday I left Fort Walton Beach. There has been something I've wanted to do for a very long time. There will be no better time than now to do it, end quote. She also wrote in the message that she appreciated and loved everyone. Marie's friends had asked her about the baby, and Marie responded that the baby was in good hands and was with James and Tanya. After this message, no one could get in contact with her. James and Tanya said that Marie left, and they didn't know anything about her supposed disappearance. No one could find Marie, so they reached out to her ex-husband to file a missing persons report. 
James told the police that Marie had told him that when she died, she didn't want to have a funeral because she didn't want anyone looking at her body. James agreed to let the police record his interview. He told the police that Marie had bipolar disorder. He said it was like a light switch that could be flipped and her personality could change. He said Marie was in a bad mood on the last day that he saw her. Tanya had taken the baby to Destin, Florida to do some shopping. James said he and Marie got into an argument. Marie became angry when he told her that she had issues she needed to resolve. James said he left and went for a run, and when he returned, Marie was gone. When Tanya returned, they wanted to go look for her. Tanya said they drove to the airport and spoke to a taxi driver at the airport in several hotels. Marie's truck had been dropped off at the Northwest Florida Regional Airport on October 18, 2011, which is believed to be the day after she was last seen. The police searched through Marie's bank records and they determined that her credit cards had not been used. Three days after Marie disappeared, James and Tanya put all of her items in storage. They gave Marie's friends the keys to the storage, who then handed it over to the police. Marie's friend Dennis said he was able to access her computer. Marie had never searched for any flights, which was odd since her truck was found at the airport. Dennis believed that someone at the church knew something about her disappearance. Six months after Marie disappeared, members of the Calvary Church were interviewed. James had told his members that Marie had decided to be a surrogate mother using James's sperm and Tanya's egg. Marie's sister told her that it was clearly her child after seeing pictures of the baby. James was asked if the baby was planned. He said yes, but it was still a surprise when it happened. He was asked by the police how the impregnation happened. His response was, quote, the old-fashioned way, end quote. The police wanted to interview Tanya again to understand the true relationship between the three of them. Tanya told the police that she had several miscarriages, and Tanya said Marie had approached them and brought up the topic of having a baby. James had said that he gotten Marie drunk on sake and made a baby the old-fashioned way. Tanya said she didn't believe the sex, believe sex was a relationship, and it was when two people came together, with sex being a bonus. Marie's friends had learned that Marie believed she was married to James when they opened her Bible, and it said Marie Flanders. The police learned through members of the church that there was a group known as the Inner Circle. One member said that many people looked at the group as a cult. The Inner Circle was James, Tanya, and anyone who worked in the office of the church. The Inner Circle learned of the polygamous relationship one day at lunch. The police asked Tanya if they could look at text messages between her, James, and Marie. Tanya said she didn't have any because she always deleted the messages to make her phone run faster. Tanya did agree to provide cell phone statements from the night of Marie's disappearance. On October 17th, the night of Marie's disappearance, Tanya claimed that she and James were sitting in the same room, texting each other. The police believed something really odd was going on. The police continued to interview Tanya and James. Tanya told them that she didn't understand why the police thought she was leaving anything out of her story. On, a, on February 3rd, 2012, the police again attempted to interview James. However, he did not answer their phone call because him, Tanya, and Grace had disappeared. A few days later, they were found in Tucson, Arizona. The police didn't have any concrete evidence that they were involved in Marie's disappearance, but Marie had still not been found. One night, Marie's sister was bartending in Arizona and had heard someone mention Marie's name. She heard them say that Marie was in the Flanders' backyard. 
Before she could ask any more questions, the patron who mentioned that was gone. By April 4, 2012, Marie had been missing for about six months. A tip came into Crime Stoppers about James killing Marie and burying her in his backyard. On May 18, 2012, the police obtained a search warrant to dig in the Flanders' backyard. They arrived with cadaver dogs, but nothing was found. Four years passed without any news. James resigned from the church and was still living in Tucson, Arizona. The police were still continuing their search for Marie. In 2012, they again went through Marie's computer because the forensics had improved when they last searched it. They found text messages between Marie and James that showed that they had been in a relationship and had probably had sex more than one time. James had once texted her, quote, Seeing you tonight at the church, I can't kiss your lips, drives me insane, end quote. Marie's phone had also pinged inside James and Tanya's house when Marie had sent her group message about leaving Florida. On May 14, 2015, James Flanders was arrested for murder. On April 28, 2016, James was interviewed. The case was being tried as a nobody case. In Florida, manslaughter carries a conviction of 15 years. James's charge was dropped from second-degree murder to manslaughter if he agreed to tell them what happened to Marie. James said Marie had woken up and was not right. He said they had gotten into an argument and they had a scuffle. He said they fell onto the floor. He said he was holding her in a bear hug and had rolled over her and knew something was not right and she wasn't breathing. James said he started freaking out and just stood there. He said he tried to pick her up and went over to the shed. He said then he buried her near the shed. James was brought to his old home and he asked if he could have a second and knelt down on the area he claimed to have buried Marie. Marie's remains were found wrapped partially in a blanket. On July 19, 2016, James spoke at his trial about how he failed Marie in every way. James never looked directly at Marie's family. Marie's sister said she never knew how people believed James because she saw right through his bullshit. On July 19, 2016, James was sentenced to 15 years for manslaughter. No charges were ever brought against Tanya. James will be released in 2028 at 60 years old. Tanya was granted full custody of Grace. Marie's family does maintain regular visits with her. My heart truly breaks for Marie's family, especially her sister. Just seeing her emotions come out at the end of the episode and knowing that when Marie disappeared, they were finally in a good place again. I don't believe Tanya was involved in Marie's murder, but I do believe that maybe she knew more than she was letting on. It's really sad that James will be out in just a few years, um, but he finally confessed to what happened, and I think that's what Marie's family needed. My book recommendation for this week is Her Perfect Revenge by Leslie Sanderson. On the surface, we were the perfect couple, but no one knows what we've been hiding. Just six hours ago, Alex and I were married. It was a beautiful wedding by the sea on the beach we've always loved. Our guests crowded outside her beach hut to raise a toast before our first midnight swim together as man and wife, and then suddenly he was gone, drowning in the water that meant so much to us. But instead of finally being able to mourn in peace, to get grips with my awful new reality, the police are here. It seems they don't think Alex's death was an accident and I'm the main suspect. I know I'm innocent, but I also know we both had secrets, and to my horror, it seems Alex's were worth killing for. But who in our wedding party could have wanted him dead? I thought I knew the man I was married to, but I couldn't have been more wrong. 
But then again, he didn't know the real me either. I've been hiding from the truth for so long, and then I realized, what if it wasn't Alex's past that was coming back to find him? What if it's mine? How far will someone go to expose my darkest secret? I had read a few books by this author before and so far have loved everyone. Alex is dead and his wife is the prime suspect. You know what they say most of the time that the victim knows their killer. The groom, Alex, had many secrets, and but so did his wife. I really liked this book and it kept me guessing if his wife or someone at the wedding was the one who actually killed him. It was a fast pace uh, with many twists. It kept me guessing till the very end and I give this book a 9 out of 10. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode, but I'd love to know what you think also. Please subscribe to my blog, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, email me, buy me a coffee, and please leave me a five-star rating and review if you're enjoying this podcast. I'll be back next week with an all-new case and book recommendation. And remember, it's crime o'clock somewhere.